You're listening to a podcast from Columbia Christian Fellowship in Columbia, Pennsylvania. Our services are weekly at 10 a.m. We hope to see you there. Phenomena today. Usually, the back pews are filled and it thins out as you come forward. Today, the front pews are filled and it thins out as you go backwards. We're growing in the Lord. So last week I was away. We were on vacation. It was a great vacation, but we missed you all greatly. Jamie, I want to thank Jamie for filling in for me. All those who participated last week in bringing off that communion service, I heard very positive uh, feedback. Now, because I was away, no time to prepare a sermon, another one of our men, Chris, he's filling in for me today, and he's going to be giving us some thoughts on Revelation from the Bible read. So, Chris, we welcome you. Thank you, Hub. All right, well, good morning, everybody. So I really hope you're enjoying the, the Bible read so far, 2022 Bible read. We've had a number of them. This current one we're in is called uh, John. And uh, if you haven't already, check out our website. It's blesscolumbia.org. And uh, on there, we, uh, you know, we discuss the Bible. Mostly right now it's Dan, and he's got a, uh, he's got a, a uh, devotional pretty much written on there. So it's very, very good to check out to see. So, yeah, currently we're reading the Bible, and uh, it's the books written by uh, John. So, but actually, it was the Holy Spirit that wrote the whole Bible, but he used human hands. Every word from this, this Bible is 100% truth. You can trust it. 100% truth. You have to trust it. Um, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Uh, another testimony of that is uh, Tim, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So everything we're, you know, is good comes from, from, the, from God and from his word. And this word became flesh at one point. So there's, there's a lot to do with this, this word. So... We are currently in the Bible read in the book of Revelation, phenomenal book. Um, if you have your Bible with you, please go to Revelation chapter 1. You'll notice too that John has a few names. He has John the Revelator, and in this case is John of Patmos, but the uh, same John. Here in the book of Revelation, it is, um, you know, 
John is, has lived a life of a you know, solid Christian. He's in his 90s about this time. Uh, the church that he started with, with all the 12 disciples in Jesus, are by now all, all dead. Uh, many of them die in horrible deaths, crucifixion inclu- including, uh, martyrs, death, most of the disciples. So, if not all. So, they tried to kill him apparently. Now, this is hearsay, not necessarily from the scripture. They tried to kill him, but they couldn't, so they, they put him into the island of Patmos. Now, that is written, recorded. So, he's on this island, all, uh, assumingly alone. That's what I'm assuming. I'm not exactly sure about that. Uh, and what's he do when he's there? He's reflecting on his life, you know, a long life of living the life of Christian, you know, and and just all the things, the ups and downs that he was, you know, experienced throughout his life. And he's worshiping the Lord. He's there worshiping, okay? This is the atmosphere where Jesus decides to bring the revelation to us through John. Uh, so let's start at verse 9, okay? It says, I, John am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. So there was his crime. He preached the word of God and he had a testimony about Jesus. That's the crime. It was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a voice like a trumpet blast. So just think about this for a second. Suppose you are deep in worship, like if you were in this sanctuary, deep in worship, you thought you were alone, and suddenly Bob sneaks up behind you with a shofar and blasts it right behind you. What would happen? You would almost have a heart attack, you know? So this, this is what's happening to, to John. He's, this trumpet blast, is, it's, it's like... All his senses are peaked, and this is how the Lord's delivering this uh, revelation to John. <clears throat> Suddenly I heard it behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands. This is a reminder here that God speaks in symbols. So symbology is important in the Bible. There's a, there's a message being presented in the Bible through symbols. So we've got to be aware of that. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head, his hair were like white wool as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. 
I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are happening, that are now happening, and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. So the symbology is here, right? We don't have to guess what this is because it's about to be revealed. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So he's revealing what the symbology is, which is very important as you're reading through the Bible because the way the Lord speaks. Now, see, Lord, the Lord is known also as Elohim. Elohim means creator. He's, he's like an artist. He's drawing a picture. So when we're getting visions and signs, there's a picture being drawn for us to see. And a lot of times only the Lord can speak to us that way um, and, and do it clearly. It's like if you, if you met an artist and they said, yeah, well, you know, I'm a really good artist. I'm great at being, I'm great at artists. I draw great. You would, sooner or later you would say, well, let me see one of your pictures, you know, to prove it. And God paints pictures for us in our lives. In this case right now, he's painting this picture of his church and kind of how it functions. <clears throat> being the symbology is so important, I think we've got to get it accurate. So the picture behind me, I looked on the internet to find one. I, I like this one. But I think it's wrong. And the reason I think it's wrong is because of this. So if you got your if you got your Bible, go to Numbers chapter eight. There are a number of ways to study the Bible. Okay? Now I suppose sometimes, when I, when I study the Bible, sometimes I will go to the search engine and type in the word and see what, see what the computer gives me. But probably the best way to study the Bible is when you're stumped, you go to the Bible and see what the Bible gives you. Because it's, I think it's best to use the Bible to explain the Bible. Because when you start to bring outside sources into your study, it can get contaminated if you're not careful. So... All right, Numbers chapter 8. Now, this has to do with the lampstands. Remember what the lampstands are symbolic of. The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron the following instructions. When you set up the seven lamps in the lampstand, place them so their light shines forward in the front of the lampstand. So Aaron did this. He set up the seven lamps so they reflected their light forward, just as the Lord commanded Moses. The entire lampstand, from its base to its decorative blossoms, was made of beaten gold. It was built according to the exact design the Lord had shown Moses. So when, when, when the Lord was build, uh, giving these instructions for the lampstand, it would have had seven lamps on the one lampstand. So when, when Jesus is coming to show John the revelation, of the seven lampstands, the churches, they would have all encompassed another seven lamps. Seven's a number sort of a perfection. So now you're multiplying this seven by seven, and you're getting the full radiance of the church. See what I'm saying? 
Imagine having a full radiance of the church, past, present, and future, shining forth from Jesus. What kind of picture is that? That's the most beautiful picture we could ever see. It's very beautiful. So, uh, you know, in light of that, I want to take a look at a lampstand called Philadelphia. And, you know, because Philadelphia is sort of symbolic, and for us, we, we should, uh, you should know why. So let's go back to uh, Revelation chapter 3. So Philadelphia is symbolic. If, if you saw it three days ago, President Biden was standing in Philadelphia giving a speech. He was standing in front of Independence Hall. Arguably, that's where the United States was created from. So when you're talking about Philadelphia, you're kind of talking about the United States of America. You see that symbology? So when you talk about the Church of Philadelphia, you're kind of talking about the Church of the United States of America, if you get that. That speech was labeled Soul of a Nation. Did you see that? Well, let me put it, some, the Lord put this on my heart this morning when I was here. I said, the sole purpose of the church is to save the souls of the nation. It's, it's, all, we are concerned about the souls of the nation, not necessarily government. That's the church's responsibility. And this message, this letter is written to the church of Philadelphia. Actually, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia. So you see how even angels are getting their instructions from God to carry out their ministry to the church, and then church carries out its ministry to the world. So um, there's, there's a lot going on in all of this. So let's just see what, what, um, what the Lord said to the church of Philadelphia. Okay, so write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true and the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. So that should be encouraging, right, to us. There's a door open that no one can close. It's up to us to go through that. You have little strength. Yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Okay, so it looks like there might be opportunities presented to deny Christ, and we should never do that. Never do that. And that takes faith and uh, a lot of other things. But uh, look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Now, this is a pretty, uh, I don't know, an uncomfortable scripture, piece of scripture right there. It deals with the synagogue of Satan, which seems to be a very powerful force. A bunch of liars right, who probably want to do bad things to Christians. Um, 
there will come a time when they are going to be made to bow down at our feet. That's a little, you know, we might say, well, I don't, I don't really want anyone to bow down at my feet. But I think if we understand what these types would do to us and to our brothers and sisters around the world, we would be happy to receive this message. Okay? So who are these people? And how do they operate? All right, let's go, let's go to the book of John, chapter 18. So, this is the account of Jesus' trial, according to John. This is the time where the Jews and the world government at the time, the Romans, teamed up to kill Jesus. It was a coordinated uh, attack, I guess you could say. So let's just see what, uh, what goes on in this trial, because what we're looking for is truth. Okay. Starting at verse uh, 28. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them, and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, what is your charge against this man? Okay, so <laughs> he wouldn't have handed, or so, sorry, we wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. So you can see there's this false allegations immediately in this. They don't even know what to charge him with. They just want him dead. This, this is how sick these people are. Okay? Then, then take him away and judge him by your own law. By, yeah, by your own law, Pilate told them. And they said, only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the leaders replied. So you see what was on their mind. Without even a charge, they wanted a death sentence for Jesus. That's just horrible, man. What kind of people are they? This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king? Jesus responded, You say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, he is not guilty of any crime. So you see how he's exonerated right there. Truth is, Jesus is uh, innocent of any crime and a perfect person, God. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release the king of the Jews? But they shouted back, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. 
So, you know, this, this really is, you ask, you ask kind of the question, what is truth? And this goes on here after, if you read on after here, which I encourage you to do, uh, Jesus dies, was crucified, suffered, buried, rose again on the, on the third day, and then did all a bunch more miracles for 40 days after that, and then ascended into heaven, providing us with the Holy Spirit. And this is why we accept him as our Lord and Savior. All of us are going to stand in front of God. The difference is, is we're going to be guilty of sin. The, the only way that we will be made right with God and enter into heaven is to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And when we stand in front of Jesus, uh, the, you know, God guilty, what he sees is, is the blood of Christ, that precious blood, and that exonerates us. It makes us right. Uh, nothing but the blood makes us right. So if, if you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, I, now's the time. You say in your heart, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, or repent of my sins, and I make you my Lord. And if you did that, I encourage you to see Pastor Hub after, after the service, and he will get you in the right track for sure. And uh, all of us, we should always like uh, examine ourselves and, and rededicate our lives as much as we possibly can to the Lord, because we we all got something going on that we, we probably shouldn't have going on, and uh, we got we kind of got to get rid of that and get get right with God as best we can. And this is a process we keep repeating and repeating. And uh, God is so gracious; He suffered the death for us. Is really what what this is all about. So the thing we couldn't do, Jesus did for us. It, it had to happen this way because according to God's plan, but woe to them who brought this about. And uh, we got to be careful of them as well. So let's get back to Revelation chapter 3. Chapter 3, starting at verse 10. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. That, that's, a, that's a very beautiful promise. As, as we see the world kind of heading in the wrong direction, you kind of wonder, man... We're going to have to suffer. Well, here's the Lord saying, "I will because you have obeyed my command to persevere." See, it's kind of like you know when you prepare for something. If you ever noticed, it seems like when you're prepared for something, the bad thing it doesn't happen. It kind of seems like it happens more when you don't prepare for it. That's that's when the bad thing happens. We have to prepare. Well, how do we do that? We obey the commands of God and persevere. And we're, we're all getting our test. I know that. All of us are getting tested some way or another. If you're not getting tested one way or another, maybe, there's, maybe you need to check your relationship with the Lord because not, if you're not getting any. <laughs> so, uh, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. So right there, that implies that it's possible to sort of let go of your crown. You don't want to do that. You want, you want to persevere. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. 
and I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God. So it's very important to know where we're from. We are, we are citizens of the kingdom of, of Christ. Okay? We're, we're ambassadors here. So as it deals with politics and the things like that, they, they affect us somewhat, but uh, not so much. You know, so, for instance, if, if I was an American ambassador in Russia, I, I might live there and everything, but I'm not all that concerned about what their politics are because they don't really affect me because I live in a different place. And it's the same way with us. We live here, they're going on, but we, we are citizens of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We run by them rules. That's, I mean, so even if the government here would make it a crime to accept Christ as your Savior, we are from the kingdom of God. And we never deny Christ, ever, ever. So if it ever got amped up that high, we know what to do. We don't deny Christ, no matter what. You say, well, should I throw down my life? Because, uh, yes, absolutely. And like Hub said, <laughs> you have grace in the moment for a thing like that. It would be hard to really even, uh, you know, go through that without the gift of, the, of faith and the gift of grace and the gift of the Holy Spirit to uh, get us through things like that. But we will be in the new Jerusalem, that's where we start off here, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God, and I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. So my prayer is that uh, all of us sort of just understand that uh, the Lord is speaking to us in, in many ways than, than just words. There's a lot of symbols being uh, that, that the Lord is, is showing us, and we have a, due diligence should reveal some of that. So, John the Apostle. So we were finishing up the 2022 Bible read entitled John. Um, that's actually at the end of this month. And the next, the next Bible read is coming soon, and I can tell you that it has to do with um, intense spiritual warfare. So, and uh, at, at the leaders' meeting, there was a lot of agreement about this next Bible read, which concerns me because of the intense spiritual warfare sort of nature of it. But then, then I'm also reminded that when you prepare for troubles, a lot of times they, you sort of avert, and then it doesn't happen. So, uh, but either way, if you've got to go through it, and we all do sometimes, there's still a way through with God. So... Uh, Again, I just want to reiterate um, the, the 2022 Bible read and the what Dan puts at the at the at there at the on the website is pray, read, and praise God. That's a, that's a really good um, thing to do there. It's because when you're reading the Bible, you want to pray because you don't want to just be a, a, an exercise. A Bible read shouldn't just necessarily be a, an exercise, as in a checklist. And I'm guilty of doing that as well. Really, we should we should pray. Before that, to say, Lord, you know, reveal to me what you would have me know at this time in my life. And then read, and then from that reading, praise God. I feel like you need to read until you praise God. If you read for, you know, 15 minutes but don't feel praise God, maybe, maybe you need another 15 more minutes. <laughs> if, you got the t if you got the time. If you got the time. Uh, so I guess, uh, I guess that's, that's all.
Gato. <laughs> Can we all stand for a moment, please? I'm, we're going to pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for this most powerful word that Chris gave us today, Lord, about revelation and, and about pray and read, Lord, um, because that is so important, you know, to pray before we read that the Holy Spirit would give us understanding in, into your wor word that we may apply to our lives. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity of uh, you using him to, to, to share this word with us because, Lord, we are living in the times where we need to pray and we need your word. For apart your, from your word, we can do nothing. So, Father, as we go into this Bible reading, Lord, we pray that you would give us grace and you, we pray that you would help us to understand your words that come to us and to meditate on them each and every day, Father. Because we want to be your bride when you come back again, Lord. We want to be your, your shining body that you have called us to be in these last and evil days, Father. So, Father, we ask that you would bless this word. We ask that you would bless each and every person, Lord, that has heard this word. And, Lord, we ask that, Lord, that you would just give us discernment and understanding from your word, that we can walk in it and continue to do the things that you have called us to until you come back for us again, Lord. We ask you bless it and just use it for your glory and for your honor. Father, we just thank you and we praise you because you're a good father and we love you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly message. To connect with us, visit our website at blesscolumbia.org.